Luke chapter 22, I will begin with verse number 31, reading four verses through verse 34. Luke chapter 22, verse 31, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Verse 32, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. I'm going to preach for a little bit this evening on the subject, Satan's desire. Satan's desire. Lord, help us tonight to preach what you have put upon our heart. I pray, Lord, that every person in the room would open their life and their mind and their heart to receive the Word of God. Lord, that you would accomplish the purpose for which you were sending it tonight. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. It goes without saying that God has a plan for every life. God has orchestrated it. He's laid it out. He's designed it. And it is completely in order and in place for your life and for your future. Now for time's sake, I will not go into the nuances of Scripture tonight that will deal with the will of God and deal with the perfect and permissive will of God, but oftentimes God has a plan for our life, but we allow Satan's plan for our life to interfere with what God had originally planned for our life. Satan also has a desire and a plan for your life, and his desire is to prevent, to stop, to thwart God's plan that he has designed for your life and for your future. He wants to put a stop to everything good that God has planned for your future. Through my years of living, I have seen gifted and talented and even highly anointed and mightily used individuals that God obviously started them on a course that would reach them to very high heights in this world's acclaim to fame and perhaps even fortune. But Satan stepped in and they allowed his plan to affect what God had for them and through poor choices, poor decisions that they had made, they allowed the enemy to destroy what God really had for their life. The good news is, is that God works with bad situations and has a way of picking up the pieces and turning things around and placing us back on track 
and getting us back in a position that we will end with a blessed and a bright future. But I must begin this message tonight by reminding every person in this congregation from the very youngest to the oldest in this room, may I remind you that Satan has a desire for your life. As much as God desires to use you and to bless you and he has a plan for your future, Satan also desires you and he has a plan to affect and to spoil what God is trying to work in your life. Regardless where you are in life, to every Sunday school teacher and every young person, every child, every new convert, God has a plan for your life. But Satan desires that he may be able to prevent what God has planned for your future. I thought tonight as I looked on this platform and was so proud as I worship God with these who are leading us tonight in worship. And, and I felt godly proud, if, if you please. And I want to tell you why. Because as I looked on this platform tonight, I saw a group of people. And as a pastor, it felt very, very good for me to stand and honestly be able to say that those who are leading us in worship tonight are mightily anointed of God. And the reason they are anointed of God is because they are individuals who show up to prayer meeting. They're individuals who are willing to sacrifice. They go the extra mile. And before they walked onto this stage tonight to lead us in worship, they had already had a prayer meeting. And they were ready to allow God to be able to work through them. But let me speak to every musician and to every singer and to every worship leader and to every minister who may be in this house tonight. Can I tell you that as much as God has a plan for your future, Satan also has a desire for your future. Can I speak to every husband, every wife? Can I speak to every young adolescent in this house tonight and tell you that Satan has a desire and it is not God's plan for your future? Every person in this room tonight that is struggling with issues, sometimes the issue is that there is a mighty struggle that is going on in the spirit realm and it is a war that is not in flesh and blood but it is a war in the spirit realm where God and Satan are struggling and are in battle over the will that you are allowing one or the other to impose in your life I don't know how you feel tonight but I think I'm in a house with a group of people that have made up their mind as for me and my house We will serve the Lord. Can I come tonight to tell you that there is an adversary in your adversary. Your adversary tonight is the devil. The Bible says it like this, your adversary, the devil. Desires, ladies and gentlemen, he has a desire for your life. 
in our text that I read to you tonight when Jesus is having a conversation with Simon Peter. And as they stand there and Simon seems to be so bold in his faith and he begins to speak and say to the Lord things that everybody would want to say to the Lord. The Lord speaks up and says to him, Simon, you don't know what you're about to face in the near future. And I know the end from the beginning. And I know, Simon, that you are not going to stand with me when it comes time for you to stand with me. He says, Simon, in the next 24 hours, you are going to deny me. Simon began to say, no way. It's not going to happen. There's no way possible that I would ever allow that to happen. Can I speak tonight and tell you that that are under the sound of my voice tonight that there is not one person here that intentionally tonight perhaps sits in this room and says I've made up my mind this week that I'm going to do wrong that I'm going to fail God that I'm going to make a mistake that I'm going to walk away from God there's very few that ever reach the point of being able to say that we think we're going to stand firm we believe we're going to stand strong but can I tell you tonight that the Lord looked at Peter who preached the gospel message on the day of Pentecost listen it was Peter who stood firm with the Lord and cut off the ear of the servant it was Peter that was bold in his faith but it was Peter that denied the Lord and the Lord said Peter in the next 24 hours you are going to deny me he said there's no way it is impossible and he says to him Peter Satan desires to have you. Can I open up this message a little bit tonight and tell you that Satan desires every one of you and if we're not careful we'll forget that we are in a warfare and that this thing is for real and it's for keeps and that there is an adversary the devil that is warring against us. He's warring against our mind. He's warring against our family. He's warring against our spirituality. He's warring against our prayer life. He's warring against our consequences. He's warring against our faithfulness. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. For in these last days, the devil is going to come at us with everything he can possibly come with. But we must stand strong and declare, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, I will worship the Lord. With all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Somebody give God praise tonight. I think my adversary is my voice tonight. I've been coughing for about three weeks and can't seem to get over it. He was a loud, even quick-tempered individual. He was an individual that spoke. He, well, why, why Peter? Why would he be the target of the enemy's attack. Let me help some of you tonight that may be right in the crosshairs of the enemy tonight. Some of you that the enemy is looking at that he has in his sights, that he has in his target. I'm going to tell you, first of all, that Peter was not just some random individual that showed up and decided, I'm going to follow the Lord, but he was one of the three that were the closest to him. 
he was part, he was one of the three that when Jesus left the disciples, he took three a little further with him in the garden. It was Peter that he took with him a little farther. It was Peter that he handed the keys to the kingdom when he began to describe that you, uh, uh, who Jesus really was. It was Peter that stood up for Jesus when the soldiers came to take him away out of the garden. Peter was a man of great faith. He was a man who had walked on water. He was a man who had done miracles with the mere passing by of his shadow. Not Jesus' shadow, a Peter's shadow when people had been healed. It was Peter who spoke to a man who was lame at the gate and said, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have give I thee. It was Peter that preached the gospel message on Acts in Acts chapter 2. And it was Peter that was the one that Jesus looked at and said, Satan desires to have you. Let me speak to every person in this room. The greater the battle in your life, oh, that ought to go to show you what God is really thinking about you. And let me tell you tonight, the more talent you have, the more giftings you have, the more ability you have, the more the devil is going to fight you because he wants to get a hold of you. Peter, Satan desires. Peter, Satan desires to have you that he might sift you as wheat. Now let's look at this passage. Because it wasn't necessarily all of Peter that the enemy wanted. But when the Lord speaks to Peter, he says, Peter, Satan desires to have you that he might sift you as wheat. Now, I've never sifted wheat. I don't know anything about wheat sifting, but I read a little bit about wheat sifting and what it really means. And when they, when they would cut the, the harvest and it came through the threshing floor and, and uh, the... the all of the, the, the shaft was, was cast out and then there was left the wheat. But in and among the wheat were seeds from the tares and all of the different things that uh, would have been added in with that harvest. And then the wheat had to go through a process and it was cleaned out. It looked good, but it had to go through the process of sifting and it was only the good that was usable. And the Lord says to Peter, Satan desires to have you that he might sift you. What I want to speak into somebody's spirit tonight is that what Satan wants out of you is the best of you. I told somebody this week who talked about their friends. I said, they're not your friends. He said, what do you mean they're not my friends? I said, they're not your friends. They're your supposed friends. Can I tell you that the enemy's not your friend? Can I tell you the devil is not your friend? 
Can I tell you the voice that is speaking into your spirit that is not of God is not for you but is against you. He wants to sift you as wheat. Somebody needs to hear what I'm preaching tonight with the best ability that I possibly have. Satan wants you and he wants to sift you as wheat. He wants you to waste young people. He wants you to waste your best years and your best days and your best talents and he wants you to throw them away for the world and tell you that after you live it up you can come back and serve God. He wants to take the best from you young ladies. He wants to strip you of your virginity. He wants to take away young men. He wants to strip you of your purity. He wants to take away the best that you have and he wants to rip it from you so you lose your testimony. Get behind me Satan. We've got some young people that are going to stand firm and declare I will serve the Lord. I told a young man this week when he was talking about his friends and I said they're not your friends I said let me tell you what they're going to do they're going to run to you with you to the bar as long as you can buy for them they're going to run with you as long as you can supply everything that they need as long as it's fun and games but when it's gone your friends are going to be gone and you're going to find out who your friends really are I come tonight to declare to somebody that what Satan wants out of you is the gifting that God has put in you he wants the blessing that God is put in you. He wants everything that God wants from you. And when he robs you and causes you to lose your anointing and to steal your passion for lost souls, and there's nothing but a shell of what used to be. He'll toss you back in. And he'll say, I never wanted you. I just wanted what you have to offer. Peter, Satan desires to have you. He didn't say you and other people like you. Peter, Satan desires to have you. Because he was significant in the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to preach against a spirit tonight. Don't anybody get upset with me over what I'm going to preach in the next few minutes. If you do, you're wrongly getting upset with me because I'm preaching against a spirit, not against a person. But I am going to preach against a spirit tonight that feels like that they are unimportant It is a lie from Satan. And when you feel, when you start allowing the devil to speak in your ear, and you begin to speak it back out through your mouth, you are doing exactly what Satan wants. I have been preaching it for the last several weeks and I was wondering why, 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 does, why do I keep following this pattern? I come tonight to declare to some of you that some of you have the potential to make a difference in the church and in the kingdom of God. But you have allowed small things to get in the way to prevent you from being able to do what God has called you to do. And it is based on personal pride that is built up within us when we think that we are something, when the Bible 
Bible says a man that thinketh he is something when he is nothing is setting himself up for hardship and struggle. We must be very careful. I sit out here tonight as I heard Brother Brandon talk about our music tonight being three and four deep and I sit out here tonight and my mind began to run very quickly and I began to think about the number of people that could step into this pulpit tonight and be able to preach. We have a guest pastor with us tonight that I would guess could preach the house down. All I have to do is just give him a few minutes in the pulpit and he would preach the house down. We've got a bishop that's sitting over here. I know he's raring to go and he's ready to preach the house down. We've got an assistant pastor. We've got evangelists. We have young men that are coming on strong into ministry. We've got labors in the church that have a word from the Lord. And I I started thinking of how many people that could step up and fill my shoes tonight. And I was humbled that God has chosen me to step in this pulpit to be able to preach tonight. But I want you to understand something. If we ever lose that humility, we are stepping into a very dangerous arena. I read your Facebook post. I get your text messages. I get your kind letters and your cards. Thank you for them. I appreciate the encouragement. I also get the negative ones as well. But can I tell you tonight that if I ever let it get to my head, when somebody comes and says, boy, you really preached this morning, and I start feeling like, yeah, I did. I'm setting myself up for a fall. All I know is I am a conduit of the Holy Ghost and I am humbled to be able to stand in this pulpit and when I preach, sometimes I'm preaching things that aren't in my notes. They are an unction of the Spirit and I know it is the anointing of God that is flowing and speaking through me. It doesn't matter where you're singing, playing an instrument, teaching in a Sunday school class. You are imported in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter whether you're working in a parking lot whether you're parking a car whether you're mowing a lawn whether you're putting a roof on painting a wall working out at the new campus witnessing teaching a Bible study you are imported in the kingdom of God let me go a step further let me just put a little plug in tonight for faithful people that just show up every week and pay their tithing and support the church and live faithfully and declare we're going to stand when nothing else happens and the rest of the world goes we will stand you're important to the kingdom of God but the devil would like to cause us to believe that we're not important. Can I tell you what the devil put in my head a few weeks ago, a few days ago? A couple of weeks ago, I started battling with an issue. It was an issue between my ears. I have trouble with this little mass in my cranium. It gives me a lot of trouble. My brother-in-law, and not Brother Danny, my brother-in-law told me one time, first time I ever saw you, boy, I knew you were going to have trouble out of that head of yours. I've been preaching my guts out. Staying up, praying, fasting, seeking God, trying to do what's right. Trying to be everywhere. Trying to tend to the business of the church. Trying to pay my bills. Trying to keep the lights on trying to visit the hospital and the sick and the afflicted, pray with people in the altar and counsel with people, 
sometimes we run out of time. Am I the only one that ever feels like you run out of time? Can't get everything done. Sometimes I fail. Sometimes I miss. Sometimes I don't say the right things. I'm only human. I know you think those things on my back are angel's wings. They're shoulder blades. They're kind of hard to see through the, the fluff. I preach and people backslide. I counsel and people backslide. I pray and people walk out of the church. And the devil's whispering in my ear. It doesn't really matter. I reached a point of discouragement to where I looked at my wife and said, it doesn't really matter whether I preach or not. It doesn't really matter what I say. They're going to do what they want to do. It doesn't really matter whether I preach truth or not. They're not. It doesn't really matter. They're going to do what they want to do. They want to live in sin. They're going to live in sin. They want to go back to the world. They're going to go back to the world. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of trying to please everybody. I'm tired of killing myself. I'm running 24 hours a day trying to just keep my head afloat. I'm, I'm just uh, cancel every appointment I've got. I'm not meeting with anybody. I'm not going anywhere. Don't, I'm not going to camp. I'm not, going to, I'm not fellowshipping with nobody. I'm sucking my thumb. I'm staying home. And I'm in it for about 45 minutes. I'm driving through the countryside and I'm giving my wife an earful of discouragement. And somewhere along the way, the Lord started dealing with me and said, mm -hmm. I guess I'm going to have to raise up a stone if you're just going to act like this. I knelt and started praying and I couldn't feel God for anything. And all of a sudden, God said, is this what you want? I said, God, I'm going to keep on preaching even if they choose to walk out of the church. I'm going to keep on preaching faith if nobody's getting healed. I'm going to keep on preaching salvation if we aren't baptizing anybody. I'm going to keep on standing in faith no matter God, if you'll just let me feel your presence and the Holy Ghost swept back in the room and the Lord said, quit allowing the devil to speak into your mind and causing you to feel insignificant and causing you to feel. So if you getting offended now, I want you to know I'm preaching to myself tonight that God didn't make a mistake when he called you. God didn't make a mistake when he gifted you. God didn't make a mistake when he talented you. God didn't make a mistake when he put you in the church. We've got to get over what everybody else wants to do and refuse to be offended by everybody around us and declare in the name of the Lord I'm going to do what's right I'm going to preach till I fall over I'm going to pray for revival I'm going to fast because if we quit he'll stop and we'll declare Whoa, this is better. 
And Satan's glee from hell will smirk at us and say, mm -hmm, all I wanted was for you to stop because if we'll stop, hell will stop. What you need to know if the battle's raging in your life, it may be because you're doing something right. Come on, Peter. Declare in the name of the Lord, I may have failed God. I may have done wrong, but I'm going to get back up again and I'm going to keep going. In the name of the Lord, I am going to persevere. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise in the house. <coughs> I won't be much longer. My voice won't hold out and allow it. <coughs> I was talking to somebody this week about our friends, friends to this church. Brother Brent, Sister Datha Broson. We haven't been here in a while. We need to have them back. Our friends, the Lord called them off the evangelistic field. They went to Joliet, Illinois to start a church. They got there. Short time after getting there, they found themselves in struggles. Brother Broson was diagnosed with both Hodgkin's and the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Given a 5% chance of survival. Shortly thereafter, Sister Datha Brosom started having grand mal seizures. She was on medication that was so strong it literally was destroying her memory. The only opportunity that she had for survival was for a massive, very, very dangerous brain surgery. Small children, in the will of God, building a church. And somebody would say, well, they may not be in the will of God. They were right in the will of God. I'm sure there were days they felt like giving up and quitting. There were days they felt like stopping. There was hardly a day that would go by that Brother Brosom didn't call me and talk with me. And I would hear every good day and every bad day through the entire process. Brother Danny and I jumped in the car when we received the message that he, the news that he had cancer, and we took off immediately north and went to the hospital in Chicago, walked into the hospital room, and there he was, laid hands on him, prayed for him, let him know we loved him, supported him. Masses of people that were gathering there that day. We could only be there for just a couple minutes. We drove all the way there just for a couple of minutes to pray with him and encourage our friend, let him know we're believing God with you. He would call me, talk to me about the hardships and the struggles and the difficulties. Building a church. And people would come and people would go. They would baptize people and they didn't stay in the church. And they would backslide and leave the church. And People would get offended and upset because physically he couldn't fulfill all the duties that he felt he needed to fulfill. And so they would find a church that had more going on and leave and I listened to the discouragement. I heard the good days. But he remained faithful. I talked to him a few weeks ago. And I said, you know, I haven't asked you this question. And it's been a long time since I've been up to be with you. But tell me how the church is doing. Because today, they are healthy. He's cancer free. His wife. His wife had surgery. Everything went well. Their daughter is now in college. Their son 
graduating from high school next year, I believe. Life is going good for them. And I said, how is the church doing? And he said, Phil, he said, let me tell you something. There were days that I felt like giving up and quitting. But he said, over the last few months, he said, there is hardly a weekend that goes by that we're not bumping about 200 people every service. At the beginning of this year, he called me. He said, Phil, he said, I know I rejoice with you and you rejoice with me. He said, we're about, we're about 15 weeks into the new year. And he said, we haven't had a week go by that somebody didn't get baptized or somebody didn't get filled with the Holy Ghost. I said, Brent, remember those struggling days? He said, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I said, listen to me. They're going to come again. But you remember where you are right now. Come on, child of God. You need to hear what this preacher is preaching to you. Tough times are going to come and they're going to come again. But you've got to keep on keeping on by the help of the Lord and declare that I am going to persevere. I'm going to get through this. Satan is picking on me because he knows the potential that I have. And all he wants out of us is to close our mouth to stop our voice to prevent us from doing what God has called us to do so not only was Peter a very important person in the church he was called for a purpose <coughs> and he was a stronghold in the early church. Now I know I don't want to re just reiterate and re-preach what I already said under the anointing a few minutes ago. But there is something to be said for, for people in the church that are just strongholds in the church. I can't tell you what it means to me. Now, I appreciate all of you and new converts and elders alike. But today, I finished preaching and Sister Paula Myers came up on the platform, caught me right up here before I walked off the door. This is a lady that knows what struggle is. She's a lady that knows what difficulty is. She's been through it. And through it all, I've watched her continue to be faithful and serve the Lord. She came on the platform and said, Brother Jordan, I've been praying for you. She said, I knew you've been going through it. And she said, I've been praying for you. Thank you for standing strong. I knew the Lord was going to see you through. I knew the Lord was going to. I can't tell you what it means when somebody who has been through it and remained faithful can encourage you like nobody else can, can encourage you. Listen, if you're going through it tonight, if you're in a struggle tonight, God can use your struggle for a testimony when somebody else goes through it. Why don't you realize that God has called you for a purpose? Find out where God is wanting to use you and allow him to use you wherever he's wanting to use you. Well, I want to be used here. I want to be used there. It doesn't matter where we want to be used. Sometimes I don't want to be used in the bathroom ministry of my 
mopping floors and, and, and taking care of broken toilets. But sometimes that's where I need to be used and so I have to take care of those things as well. Hey, whatever God has in store for you, you've got to submit yourself to God and say, I'm going to be faithful in the small things. And whatever I can do today, I'm going to do it because the day's going to come when God is going to elevate me and take me to where he is ultimately planning to use me. Let me close with this. In Acts chapter 12, the scripture tells a story about a man by the name of King Agrippa who came to lay hands on and to arrest certain, the scripture uses that term, certain of the church. And he wants to vex them. The, the scripture said, now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex. Everybody say vex. Just a weird word, isn't it? Vex. Certain of the church. That word vex means to... First, the scripture said to lay hands on, and it's in... in, in um, Included in the meaning there is to talk about laying hands on or to arrest, to take hostage, to prevent from being able to live and operate in freedom. I hope you're getting this tonight. I'd rather be screaming my lungs out and dancing on the platform, but I don't have the voice to be able to do that tonight. So we're going to have to stay with the script. King Agrippa sought to take them and imprison certain of the church. Because if the devil can hold you hostage. Well, I'm not living in sin, but neither are you living in freedom. Well, I'm not doing anything wrong, neither are you doing anything right. Because Satan is holding you hostage. He has got you and he is holding you and he wants to vex you. I looked up these scriptures just to get a little meaning and a few words to play off of tonight. Satan wants to detain you. <laughs> he wants to interrupt your purpose. He wants to suspend your actions. He wants to sidetrack you. Sometimes all he wants to do is just stop you from doing what you do best. I've got to tell you, last week I was so proud. I, I, Nick, is that right? Nick, come up here with me, Nick. This young man right here loves the Lord. Appreciate his worship. Nick's, Nick's new here at CLC, but he's not new to the church. Last Sunday morning, worship service was going on. And man, he was uninhibited. And he stepped out in the aisle, began to worship God, came up to the front. And I was so proud. I said, there is a young man that sold out again this morning, again tonight. Don't ever lose that. Props to God. Don't ever lose it. And after, thank you, after he worshiped just for a minute he was right here in the center aisle 
I looked over and there's a couple of these boys. I think it was Zach and yeah, these two, these come here. These two young men right here, they walked over, walked right over there on Sunday morning. They just, one on one side and one on the other, and put their arm around him and started worshiping and praying with him. I hadn't had a chance to tell you two, but that's the right thing to do. Because what you said is, I'm going to rejoice with them that rejoice, and I'll weep with those that weep. Don't ever lose that. Now let me tell you something. Out of whatever else you have done this week, that may have been the most important moment of your entire week. Because you encourage Nick to say, I'm okay, I'm safe here in worshiping God. Don't ever lose that. Sometimes we think what we are doing is important when we fail to realize that it may be the small thing that when we come to somebody and say, thank you, Brother Newcomer, for living for God in front of our youth, for teaching our young people. Thank you for being faithful to God. That word may be the most important moment, but Satan wants to detain you and vex you and stop you and prevent you from doing what God has called you to do. Well, Pastor, I don't have a whole lot of talent. Use whatever God is doing in your life and allow it to work through you. Now here's what it does. Remain standing. Here's what he does to you. Because Acts chapter 12 said he wants to detain you, arrest you, hold you hostage. And he wants to vex you. And that word vex just simply means to harass you. The devil is one mildly character. He wants to intimidate you. It's his leading method to speak into your mind and tell you, why don't you just go ahead and stop preaching? Why don't you just stop worrying about it? They're going to do what they want to do. You preach, you counsel, you love, you have compassion, and they just go right on and do whatever they want to do. Ignore everything that you say. Why don't you just quit? Why don't you just get discouraged? Why don't you just stop? Yep, think I will. And the glee of hell looked me right in the face and said, go ahead. And the Lord reminded me very quickly, that's all he wants. Because if he can stop that effectiveness, I'm not, I'm not good for too much else in the world other than what God, what little giftings that I have are from God and to be used for God. And so whatever it is, I'm going to use it for the Lord and I'm going to give the best that I have. Listen, church, your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Let me ask you tonight, are you going to stand idly by and allow him to intimidate you with your roar? You don't have to worry worry about a roaring lion he's hollering and carrying on about his territory a lion that is about to attack is the silent lion that is getting ready to come in and catch you unaware the, the, the devil doesn't do that he's roaring and we're listening and we're intimidated and we're shuddering but tonight somebody needs to make up your mind get behind me Satan for it is written I will worship the Lord my God and I will worship him alone get behind me Satan there ought to be some folks in this house that make up their mind, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to use everything I have for the Lord until He comes. With hands raised toward heaven, eyes are closed. The altars are open tonight.
in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against the battle of Satan tonight and the stronghold of Satan that has come to intimidate and to hold captive and to hold hostage the people of Christian Life Church. I come against you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you take your hands off of them, you lift them, you let them go in the name of the Lord, that freedom of worship, freedom of operation in the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Spirit will operate freely and without being inhibited in the name of the Lord. I declare it and decree it. Let it be done. Let it be loosed in the name of Jesus. Somebody receive that from the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus.